I'm Henry Lin, and welcome to Better World. Better World is an exploration of badass people doing really cool things. The more we know about this world, the better we can do in changing it. So the dental community is starting to wake up to the traditional products that they've been recommending, but it's they're very much still behind both the retailers and just the general population. So asking a dentist, like, why are you giving out this little you know, crappy plastic toothbrush to everyone. Why not find a better alternate? Also, why are you giving out this particular toothpaste with these particular chemicals in them when you could be providing something much better and, and more meaningful? So I think the dental community as subject matter experts, they need to be better at, at what they're <laughs> experts in and they need to be more educated and frankly pushed in a direction that is better for our bodies, better for our health, but also better for our world as well. The CPG industry is responsible for 33% of global emissions. It has to do a lot with the supply chain and materials. The supply chain being made of non-renewable energy components uh, and producing products made of plastic and other very carbon intensive materials and the distribution of those materials, heavy liquids often being shipped around the globe. We have all the solutions that we need to make the entire CPG industry carbon neutral, but decarbonizing is harder than it looks. We at Better World have looked at a number of different companies within this space. And today we are looking at a new favorite of ours, Better and Better. Vladimir, can I call you Vlad? Welcome to the pod. Absolutely, thank you. Vlad, tell us a little bit about how you came to such a great name as Better and Better. It really strikes the chords in our heart. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, so when we were initially building the company, we knew that we wanted to live by two core principles. We wanted to make products that make us better, so physically, uh, emotionally, individually better, but also contribute to a better world. And so hence the the better and better, better for you, better for the world name kind of really clicked with us and 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 we ran with it. And thankfully we were able to get the the trademarks and the URLs and all of that. So it's been with us since the beginning. So you guys are a producer of premium natural vegan and eco-friendly oral care with vitamins, a CPG company that focuses on oral products such as toothbrushes, toothpastes, and you have no SLS, no parabens, it's dentist approved. You check a lot of boxes. Can you tell us about how you created the product and why you made the choices in your ingredients materials that you did? Sure, sure. It, it, it really is, is a personal story. So I'm a first-generation immigrant. I'm, I came here to the United States when I was six years old. And I actually came here because I was diagnosed with cancer when I was a kid. And so my parents made the brave and smart decision to, to come over here from, from Yugoslavia, from, from Serbia. And I was treated at, at, uh, in, New York, in New York City, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, all the, the good, the bad, and the unpleasant. And thankfully, I came out of it uh, cancer-free. So I've been cancer-free for nearly, nearly 30 years, since 1994. But as you can imagine, as most people who have chemotherapy and these kinds of treatments, there are these long-term side effects. So I've been taking a fistful of pills for most of my life, whether it's vitamins and minerals, et cetera, or, or prescription medication. It's been a part of my life and I hate it. And so the initial goal or the initial idea for Better and Better was to use 
existing habits like brushing your teeth to gradually remove the need for pills. And we're starting with supplements, so vitamins, minerals, and beyond. So when you brush your teeth, not only do you get a clean dose of cleaning from from natural ingredients, but you also get a, a dose of micronutrients. So whether it's vitamin D or vitamin E or zinc, you can get this directly through the toothpaste by absorbing it through your mouth, your gums, and beyond. And it's a better way of absorption or it, exactly. how much more effective is it? Do you guys have stats on it? Yeah. So sublingual absorption in general is somewhere between five to 10 times more effective than through the traditional gut. Uh, so by taking a pill and absorbing it. So, you, so basically what you can do is you can do more with less. You can bring dosage to someone uh, without having them to take, you know, a thousand percent, 2000 percent vitamin pill. Uh, they can just brush their teeth and get a meaningful dosage just through that two-minute brush sublingually, so beneath the tongue, and transbuccally, so through the gums and the, through the cheeks themselves. And so that's how the core idea for Better and Better came about. But when we, once we started realizing, you know, once we started developing the toothpaste, we realized that not only are we adding vitamins and minerals to it to start, but we also wanted to remove all this bad stuff that's generally put into oral care products like toothpaste, uh, like right. sodium lauryl sulfate and triclosan and titanium dioxide and all these different chemicals that have been used traditionally for the last 50, 100 years really don't need to be, and in many cases shouldn't be, in your mouth every single day. And so not only did we add, but we also stripped away and replaced all the stuff that may be detrimental. And then we added the, the positive, the minerals, the, the, the vitamins and beyond. So have you guys gotten to the place where you've done studies on this? Do you have sort of effects for using the toothpaste over a period of time? Because I recently got your toothpaste sampler pack and your, your, your basic bamboo brush. And the funny thing is that I immediately actually noticed a difference with the design of your bamboo brush to my other bamboo brush. That's great. But the weight of it and the way that you hold it, I think, and maybe it's the bristles too, but it feels like it gives you a better clean wildly enough. But have you guys done a series of studies to, to see what happens over time? You know, I get my B12 uh, mm -hmm. levels tested periodically, like every six months. Have you taken a look to see what the absorption rates are for your actual users? So actually, funny enough, there are studies or there were studies even before we commercialized and developed our product that looked at absorption through toothpaste of vitamin B levels, vitamin D levels, and, and beyond. So we are just leveraging existing science and existing kind of pathways in a new and unique way. So uh, the studies that have been conducted in the past, they weren't from consumer companies. They were just studies from scientists interested to see if this concept would work. And it, it the study showed we were leverage, we leveraged about 26 studies that have been conducted over the last 30, 40 years. And all of the studies show some meaningful amount of absorption. So it's basically a latent idea that no one was really jumping on. No one was commercializing in a meaningful, meaningful way. And so that's, that's what we're doing. So we're leveraging those existing studies. We, we use those to formulate and to create our products. And then next year, we're going to start doing some of our own uh, studies as well 
based on our products and, and based on our particular ingredients and based on our particular toothpaste. But as of right now, we fall within the supplements category so we can kind of leverage what, what's existing and what's in the market right now. Got it. Where do you guys anticipate going to from here? Because toothpaste actually happens to be one of the great <laughs> perpetrators of horrific ingredients, plastics, and I would assume that you're campaign for no fluoride um, and uh, mm. for better minerals extends itself beyond these products. Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now we view toothpaste as our first platform. So that means we'll be rolling out additional varieties of toothpaste. Right now we have energy toothpaste, which is with vitamin D and vitamin B12. Those are the two vitamins that are the most scientifically proven to be absorbable through your sublingual mucosa and through your through your cheeks. We also have a, a zinc and a vitamin C and a vitamin E toothpaste. That's our immunity toothpaste. That does quite well, particularly for people who are traveling and looking to bring it with them. And then we have a fortified toothpaste with hydroxyapatite, which is a natural fluoride replacement that uh, is able to remineralize your teeth without the negative consequences potentially of, of traditional fluoride. And so those are the three main varieties we have. But we'll be launching additional varieties later this year and, and next year for different uh, permutations and combinations of vitamins, minerals, and beyond. So that's that's toothpaste in terms of the formulation. In addition to that, right now, we package all of our toothpaste in uh, sugarcane-based packaging. So it's a step in the right direction. It avoids petroleum-based products but it's still in paste form. So we're looking also at other forms and other delivery mechanisms. So how can you, how can you, how can we do even better than that? How can we go from sugar cane to potentially, you know, no packaging of that variety or, or, or beyond. So that, that's what we're looking at in terms of packaging. And then for other platforms, I think that's the really interesting part is like, what do you do after toothpaste? Obviously we have the toothbrushes, we have the floss, the stuff that you do along with that, but can we go beyond that? And so we're looking at other platforms um, the first platform that will go beyond toothpaste will be oral spray. So when you can't kind of brush your teeth or when you can't, you're on the go, we're developing an oral spray that is beneficial to your oral microbiome. So it supports your mouth and your teeth, but also delivers a dose of micronutrients so that when you can't brush your teeth, you'll be able to use our oral spray, kind of the banaka of the future, if you will. So right. that's going to be our second platform. And then we're looking at other ideas and other concepts. The goal is in five years, can we have five, six different platforms, five different sets of products so that if you use our products, you don't have to take vitamin pills. You don't have to take multivitamins anymore. You could just use our products and get. And you're not using Listerine or any of exactly. these other, you know, horrific. Right, right. Exactly. So we're looking at mouthwash. We're looking at other other products like that. But, um, you know, as a, as a startup and as a CPG startup in particular, it takes time. And so it takes time and money and, and effort. And so it's, it's one step at a time, but we, we, we've experienced a lot of success so far. So I think we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll keep pushing it into, into multiple platforms. So out of curiosity, can you tell us a little bit about the, you know, the bad actors in the space, the bad perpetrators, like how bad is the industry as a whole, as it stands today? Well, I think it starts with like packaging and the overall delivery of toothpaste. So that really hasn't changed from, you know, since the beginning. Uh, and most toothpaste tubes go directly to, to the dump. They, they're, they're not recycled. They're not uh, reused in any possible way. 
That's because most are built in from multiple different varieties of plastics, some which are recyclable, some which aren't. And then in addition to that, toothpaste tubes are dirty, right? So they have toothpaste on them. It's very hard to clean out and to get ready for uh, recycling. So even though some tubes may have claims around you know, recyclability, that doesn't mean they're actually recycled. And so uh, it means that most tubes end up in waste. And that's quite, you know, quite bad because a single person goes through three to five, six tubes per year. So if you can imagine, you know, 300 million people plus in the US, that's billions of toothpaste tubes per year that are literally thrown out and, and fill the dumps. Uh, on a, on a daily basis, so that's the like the packaging itself. It hasn't changed in a meaningful way at all <laughs> since the beginning, and we're trying to inch that forward in every way that we can. But then, when you look at ingredients, I think you know the big hairy ingredient is fluoride. I think fluoride has been in toothpaste from you know really the the 30s, 40s, 50s is really when it exploded. The dental community still accepts fluoride as the only true ingredient that can prevent and and uh, prevent cavities and provide remineralization. But those claims and those beliefs are based on very old studies, very limited studies, very flawed studies. So the the benefits of fluoride, I would say, are overstated, and then the harms are quite interesting. That's where you start to get into some of the more recent reviews and studies around what fluoride can and can do. And, you know, it's been linked to thyroid issues. It's been linked to uh, different uh, metabolic issues beyond the thyroid. So it's generally an ingredient that you don't need to supplement. So the fact that it's in pretty much all standard toothpaste plus in most drinking water in the United States could be problematic. So at this time, we've taken a, a no fluoride position. We believe that you can get your teeth clean. You can get them remineralized in a natural way with good ingredients. And so that's the path that we're, we're following. And that's actually the fastest growing segment of toothpaste uh, in the United States and the world is fluoride-free uh, alternatives. Right. You guys have uh, started you know, from a D2C brand. Do you see yourself becoming widely adopted? And if so, how? What's the growth story that you anticipate here? Yeah, we've had a lot of the success with D2C, particularly uh, through our website where people can subscribe. So, you know, thankfully, toothpaste is something that you can kind of expect how much you're going to use over a month, two months, 10 months, 12 months beyond. So most people, most of our customers, when they come to our website, maybe they test it for a month or two, and then they subscribe and they become long-term customers. And that's the ultimate goal is to help people build this experience, build this bucket of products so that we can provide to them the best possible toothpaste, but then also provide the other products that we'll be rolling out. Beyond our website, Amazon has been a big, big uh, driver for us just because Amazon, for better or for worse, has become the de facto starting point for most consumer products in the United States. So more right. people search for toothpaste on Amazon than they do on Google. And that's, that's you know, kind of crazy, but it, it is the nature that we have to deal with right now. So we use Amazon both as a sales and distribution channel, but also, also as a marketing channel. So when people, you know, search for better and better, they could buy our products on Amazon. And then from there, we guide them, you know, to hopefully become subscribers on our, on our website and beyond. And then finally, the third pillar is retail. And so I think retail is tricky and it's complicated and it's fragmented, but 
Um, what we're doing is starting with kind of more higher end premium natural grocery and natural pharmacies so that, you know, we, we fit in quite well. But then I could see us expanding beyond the kind of top levels uh, next year. But that's a whole different game that you have to play. So we're, we want to make sure we're ready for retail before we go to mass retail uh, and before we expand too far and too quickly. Right. Are you guys fundraising currently? We're always fundraising. <laughs> uh, I think that's the nature of the startup beast is, you know, we're, we're always open to good and, and interesting and supportive uh, investors. You know, this is somewhat of an alternative investment. We're not a typical, you know, startup or a SaaS platform or AI or anything like that. We make really, really good products that people really, really love. And we're changing the world, you know, one percentage point at a time. And so that adds up, especially when it comes to such a mass product like toothpaste. So we, we've had a lot of success with getting some really good investors and really good supporters on our side. And then, you know, uh, on, a, on an ad hoc basis, we, we're acquiring new investors as well. CBG is still an awesome market. I mean, uh, VC Capital has left um, for the most part you know, from their peak of investment around yes. 1.2 billion in 2018 and it's now you know uh, down to 400 million but the annual sales for the market has grown it's now above 40 billion yes. uh, for 2022 it's an awesome sector to be in we have been supporting a number of brands to start their own reg cf crowdfunding campaigns uh, mm. with wefunder one of them super mush which is a mushroom supplement company yeah i'm a big uh, fan they're a great great company recently launched their campaign on WeFunder. You can check them out. It should be like wefunder.com slash supermush. But for the most part, we see that the CPG industry has that major challenge of getting over the inventory financing hump, right? Yeah. Where, you know, you guys have to jump in size in order to service either a spike in sales in your DC or um, your, your mass retailer orders. So it, of course, makes perfect sense when I hear you say, you know, we're always fundraising, um, <laughs> but, you know, the conversation that is rather interesting for uh, for us and our listeners is around uh, growth and sort of how you get into the market further, whether or not you think the leaders in the space, the Colgates of the world end up just buying you or do they imitate you? How does the solution really get to scale in your mind? Yeah, I think it grows through a product portfolio. So I don't think it's going to be just toothpaste or just oral spray or just mouthwash. It's going to be an entire portfolio of common denominator based on our ingredients and, and common denominator based on our ethos uh, of products that create a multi-product brand, which is what better and better is, is, is going towards. And so, you know, I think we can drive this to an IPO level quality and IPO level exit within the next five to 10 years. And that's, that's our goal. We want to be the Johnson and Johnson of the 21st century. And so if, if we can execute what we have planned and what we have in, in store on our roadmap, that's a very, very uh, exciting and right. a very doable path for us. Right. And, and it is non-trivial, right? You know, I, I, oh, I've been yeah. looking up stats while we're chatting and, you know, I found things like 50 million pounds of plastic from over 1 billion toothbrushes enter the land. Absolutely. Here. There are side effects to negative oral care. That oral care itself as an industry is incredibly important. You know, bad oral care health leads to 
poor cardiovascular health. Like it has yeah. massive, massive side effects. So it's, people also talk about microplastics yes. and the idea of the fact that we are both inhaling and ingesting microplastics on a, on a mass scale. But then you stick this plastic thing in your mouth twice or thrice a day and you chew on it and you rub it around right you really yeah you literally rub it around your you know your one of the most sensitive areas of your body your mouth like the fact that that hasn't been addressed in a meaningful way is just insane and so both our toothbrushes and the so the actual brushes and the bristles themselves are completely plastic free so we use plant-based ingredients for for the brushes and for the uh, brush heads and so that is you know Step one, and we have a lot more steps ahead of us, but you're right. It's a massive scaling. Uh, it's a mass problem that needs to be solved in a massive way. So out of curiosity, are you guys looking at children's programs or lines or like, you know, children's oral care? We are, absolutely. So both in terms of the, the, the floss, the toothbrushes and beyond, but also specialized formulations. So special toothpaste and special, um, you know, oral spray and beyond for kids, we want to be very, very, very careful about what those ingredients are, the claims that we we make around them. So we're 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 building towards that. We will have a children's uh, suite very soon, but we want to make sure we nail it and that it's flawless from from the get go. Because you don't want to. I look at some of the children's toothpastes in the market right now and the ingredients in those toothpastes, and it just makes me just angry, <laughs> uh, yeah. seeing what's, what's in it and how it's packaged and how it's positioned. So it's pretty insane. The types of chemicals that are in children's toothpaste right now, especially considering the children swallow, uh, a good portion of toothpaste, whether, whether we like it or not. So, uh, we're, we're working on something really, really good and it'll be out very soon. So I'd love to kind of tie this up and discuss what, your individual user in your opinion should do other than of course shopping from you guys how do we make some changes in this industry to better mitigate some of these flaws like you have these 50 million pounds of plastic toothbrushes for example would you encourage people either to help their providers like hotels carry you know bamboo alternatives or would you suggest that you know, everybody just kind of stock up on their own bamboo and, and never touch plastic anymore. Would you advocate that this in some capacity be legislated, that we, mm-hmm. you know, go to our, our local representatives and be like, hey, there there are industries that should have a little bit more regulation around what they use, or should it be, you know, quote unquote regulated from uh, the large department store, big box retailers? Um, should we be lobbying them to only carry things that are not plastic. You know what? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I think most oral care products are still purchased at the grocery or pharmacy, including the big guys like the Targets and the and the the WalMarts of the world. So I think the retailers themselves need to be pressured uh, because that's where the biggest bang for the buck is. If you if the big retailers start carrying these alternatives. So we don't even have to mandate it. Just They just need to provide it as an option because most people that we find that become our customers didn't even know that this was an option, that they could get something that wasn't, you know, old school plastic toothbrush plus, you know, plastic toothpaste plus, you know, chemical filled toothpaste. Like they don't know that these alternatives are out there 
that the quality is high, even higher than traditional plastics in some cases, and that the outcome is the same, that you will get all the benefits of impeccable oral care, but you will get it through better materials and better ingredients. And so I think that awareness starts with the big retailers. They're the ones that, you know, if you go to a retailer, you should ask them, hey, where's your, you know, where's your bamboo alternatives? Where, where are your, you know, natural toothpastes uh, and beyond? And then it'll trickle from there to, to, to a wider range. But I think the idea of retailers is, is, is key and pressuring them to have these alternatives, because if they can, if they can move the needle, then it will really kind of add up very quickly. Right, right. So what are your feelings then on the larger developments that have to occur within the industry? Do you think, I mean, if we're subsidizing fossil fuels for fuck's sake, you know, like (laughs) what else is it that we have to do to the industry as a whole in order to drive the direction towards greater sustainability? I think also another stakeholder group that we haven't really talked or we touched upon just very briefly are, are, is the dental community. So the dental community is starting to wake up to the traditional, you know, products that they've been recommending, but it's, it's, they're very much still behind both the retailers and just the general population. So the dental community, I think that's another thing that, uh, or it's another segment of the, the stakeholders that need to be moved and they need to be moved by us, by the consumers, by the people who buy and, and use things. So asking a dentist, like, why are you giving out this little, you know, crappy plastic toothbrush to everyone? Why not find a better alternative? Also, why are you giving out this particular toothpaste with this, these particular chemicals in them when you could be providing something much better and, 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 and more meaningful? So I think the dental community as almost uh, as subject matter experts they need to be better at, at what they're <laughs> experts in, and they need to be more uh, educated and, uh, frankly, pushed in a direction that is better for our bodies, better for our health, but also better for our world as well. I'm very, very interested in what you think the dental community can do to change or, or how you guys are going to change. it. Are you going to start selling directly to dentists or lobbying them or working with yep. any of their associations? Yes, that all of the above. So we're already doing as much as we can of that. And we're going to expand that. The dentists, when they give you out those little samples, they're actually paying for that. The Colgate's and the Crest. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those samples are literally marketing expense for the dentists. And so they're not being given those products for free. They're very cheap, but they're paying for them. So why not have the dentists buy slightly better, slightly more eco-friendly and slightly more body-friendly products. And so that's where we're starting with the with the distributors and the sellers that 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 the dentists buy from. Again, it's that's where the mass is. And once we go from there, again, once the dentists know this is an option, we see that as soon as they know, oh, I could get something that's much better, I will get something much better for my patients. And so bringing awareness to the dentist that these are real good options is the starting point. And that's, that's, that's what we're doing. But all those samples, all those products that they show and sell in their offices need to be updated and need to be adjusted. And it's that, that pressure is going to come from the distributors that sell to dentists and it's going to come from us, the patients and the, and the customers. Right. So it's a, it's a revolution across the entirety of the industry that you're looking at. Absolutely. Right. It needs to be, it needs to be. It's, it's recognition from, from all places, top down. So you've added another list uh, for the consumer. The consumer should educate 
their individual dentist about the solutions that you guys are producing. Absolutely. Right. Because this is, this is a groundswell movement that should happen. And it's, it's very much in. And it's happening. It just, the, the dentists are kind of being bypassed. Um, right. Like I said, the, the fastest growing segment is natural toothpaste. The fastest growing category of products are more eco-friendly products. And so the consumers want it. The dentists so far haven't had an incentive to change, but we have to give them an incentive to change as, as their, you know, and, and users as their patients. So I want to thank you for, um, for coming on the show. And I'd like to thank you very much for your commitment to healthier mouths, healthier planet, healthier people. Do you have any last things to say, last message or last requests of the listeners before we sign off? No, thank you for, for having me. It's been a great, uh, great conversation. I think in general, awareness is power. And so spreading the word that these ideas and these concepts are out there, they're real options that give you equal and better outcomes than what's been used traditionally. Like the more we are aware of that, the more we spread the word, uh, the better we'll all be. Vlad, thanks for coming on the pod. I'm Henry Lin, and this has been another episode of Better World. Please join us again next time to learn how you can make the world a little bit better.